Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have a previously recorded interview for all of you listeners today. I suppose all of our interviews are previously recorded, but this interview in particular was held live at the 2021 USTA Boys 16s and 18s National Championships in Kalamazoo. Now, I know some time has passed since then, but still a very relevant, very enjoyable, very intriguing conversation I had with Arizona men's tennis head coach Clancy Shields that I look forward to sharing with all of you listeners today. Of course, Coach Shields and his Arizona men's tennis program is one of the hot topics this offseason across the college tennis world, justifiably so, as they set some history by program standards. First NCAA Sweet 16 for the program. Big win over USC during the season as well. The scariest part, they bring back 90% of their talent. They bring in some talented newcomers as well. I wanted to talk about all of that with Coach Shields. Of course, I also wanted to talk about how the NIL ruling is going to impact college tennis moving forward, what he thinks players should be doing, particularly given how crowded that scholarship room is right now for programs across the country to be noticed, what the recruiting process looks like from his perspective. It's a fantastic and fascinating conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, for some of you out there looking for U.S. Open content, rest assured, GSP Ace of the Day picks every day on the Great Shot podcast feed, recaps of each day's action every day on the Mini Break podcast. You can find it all on our website, crackrackets.com. We're rocking and rolling through the year's final Grand Slam. But with all of that said, let's get to today's conversation, a Cracked Interviews podcast with Arizona men's tennis head coach, Clancy Shields. Joining me now live at the USTA Boys 16s and 18s National Championships in Kalamazoo, I will say one of the hottest coaching prospects across the college tennis landscape, and you can understand why, as his University of Arizona Wildcats, one of the stories of the 2021 season, first Sweet 16, I believe in program history, played a super Super exciting match as well before getting knocked off by, I want to say, eventual finalists uh, in the Baylor Bears. Uh, but, of course, we are joined by the head coach of that program, Clancy Shields. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. I want to say, it, it wasn't Baylor. It was Tennessee. It was Tennessee. Tennessee. Excuse yeah. me. I'm, I called both of those matches, and it was Mississippi, Town. Like, I'm switching them all. But, of course, I remember it was Strom versus Walton down the home stretch. It's yeah. all coming back to me now, of course. But I won't bring up that memory specifically. I will say, obviously... A step forward for you guys. You you beat USC. You make a round of 16. How are things over in Arizona? I imagine it was a fun off season as you look forward. Yeah, it was good. I mean, always when you have some success, yeah. you never want to get complacent. You know, a lot of our guys stayed in Tucson and trained the summer, which is exciting for me, and to see that they want to grow and continue to get better over the summer. And you know, we only lost one of our top one of our top six singles players, and and. We have another guy, a guy here in Kalamazoo who's in the quarterfinals of singles and doubles right now, Colton Smith, and so I think I think we're going to come back and try to do some damage this year, and we certainly have the the roster to do it. Mm-hmm. And for you, obviously, I mean, you've had success, and we were just talking with Colette Lewis. You were someone who played here at Kalamazoo before, and I know you've got your guy for next year, but after a year and a half of Zoom recruit meetings or watching via some random play site stream that you can't really see the quality of play was that ball in, out, not sure. What's it like for you to be back on grounds to be able to recruit in person again? Yeah, when you're having conversations with people, 
I think you really fall in love with some kids, and then you hope that you fall in love with their tennis game as well. And, and that's been the fun part is obviously I feel like it's that dating show, like Blind Date or whatever, where you just talk to the people and you've never seen them. And, and then um, now we're here at Kalamazoo or we're here out in the summer recruiting, and we're able to kind of put our eyeballs on these guys who are playing. And so, yeah, it's good to go out there. But, you know, kind of the model for us has always been – been getting to know the kids first and and really what's going on between their ears and, and that's been the secret to our success and we have a lot of uh, unique individuals i think we had one of our players this summer broke the record in most rackets strung in a day which it used to be 71 rackets he, he strung 77 we've got a pretty eclectic group and and uh, you know that's part of our success mm-hmm, absolutely and i think when people think university of arizona tennis they think fighters guys mm-hmm. who are just out there till the very last point even if it's not the biggest weapon even if they don't have the 140 mile per hour serve no one's going to out compete an arizona wildcat and i'm curious for you and i know it's not a one-size-fit-all for every coach but for the players out here, especially class of 23, class of 24, the kids who haven't gotten a chance to be a part of this recruiting process yet, what would you say to those kids, the parents of those kids listening? What should they be, from their side of the recruiting, what should they be doing, not necessarily to get noticed, but just to, you know, begin that recruiting process here at these events? Well, they got to do their homework. Yeah. And, you know, if they want to look at Arizona, look at where we've been the last five years and, and what we've been able to do. And, and I think it's an exciting time to be a part of our program. And I think our players get better. They develop. They continue to improve. And, you know, well, let's see what the next five years will look like in terms of whether we can really make the next jump forward. But, um, you know, my advice I'd give to a lot of these parents is just let their kids do the work. Let their kids, like, talk to the coaches. Let them, like, build relationships. Encourage them to do that. Tell them to get out of their comfort zone. Um but I know for a lot of the coaches we've been talking to, I mean, it's a huge red flag when the parents are contacting you first. Like, yeah. the kids, no matter how good you are, it's a it's a good life skill to have. you got to learn to talk to people. And anytime you have a little bit of fear of talking to someone, it usually means you should go out and do it. <laughs> and so that would be my, my, um, my advice to give. And in terms of what school to pick, it's just do your homework. Do your research. Get to know the coaches. Build some relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can hold a 20-minute conversation with somebody, you might actually be able to spend four years with them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a hard time talking to these coaches for like five minutes sometimes, <laughs> but um, maybe they feel the same way about me. Yeah. But uh, I certainly think that you gotta you got to do that and, and – you know, try to get to know the guys on the team is important mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. One of the big topics I've asked all of these coaches about this is how I sneak in my five minutes with them, just have the preset list of questions. But it relates to the recruiting process as well, the NIL decision, the opportunity for these athletes both now in college but prior to coming to college as well to build their brand, to profit off of their image, their likeness. Is, if you Do you want perspective athletes focusing on those things before they get to college or is that something you know is that a turn off for you if you see a kid now going after his instagram or trying to build a brand for himself given that you know the ni it will in- inevitably impact college times moving forward yeah well we want our players to be creative we yeah, want them sure. to be creative on the court and off the court and you know we have one of the top entrepreneurship programs in the country so it actually fits in really well with this nil program and certainly like my advice to the guys is try to be your own boss in anything you do in yeah. life. I mean, you're doing it. It, it, it's a lot, it beats the heck out of having someone telling you what to do. Amen. So, you know, we encourage the guys to be creative, to be, you know, have that entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for them to use that. Um, on the flip side of it, you know, I was talking to our football coach the other day, and he was like, well, if you're good enough, it's all going to kind of take care of itself, right? Yeah. So, 
you know, you need to continue to focus on what's important, your academics and your tennis. And, and if you can take care of those things, the, you know, everything else will kind of follow. But I, I like it. I think it's a good opportunity. How it all all end up scares me sometimes. <laughs> you know, what will happen with college sports? We're seeing kind of the landscape change a little bit. And with, you know, these power conferences maybe getting bigger. What's going to be the NCAA's role in all of this? You know, how many sports do we have to sponsor? I mean, as we kind of dig a little bit deeper, I think there's some interesting questions that are going to have to be answered. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. And, you know, again, getting back to the NIL side of the equation, from a tennis perspective specifically, if you follow tennis closely, if you've watched young juniors or former college players try to ascend to the top ranks of the professional game, you know they're going to go through the future circuit. You know they're going to go through the challenger circuit. And we know how expensive those journeys are for players. I suppose, do you think the end point, the goal that NIL should be shooting for as it relates to college tennis is that you, at Clancy Shields at Arizona, can go to a hypothetical next Gustav Strom and say, hey, come to Arizona for two years, develop. We have this NIL stuff on the side as well. We can put some money in your pocket so that you have your travel expenses ready when you turn pro. Is that the inevitable goal? Is that a possibility for NIL as it relates to college tennis? Well, we have to look at all of that, right? <laughs> sure. And it's too soon to say that. It's so much unclear. Yeah, and there's a gray area, right? Yeah, of like, course. I mean, what are we allowed to do and what are we not allowed to do? I mean, I don't even know if yep. anybody really knows yet. Um, but I know from our standpoint, would we love to be able to do that for the next recruit that wants to play professional tennis? Yes, and we're going to explore every avenue to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think the nice thing about uh, Tucson, it's a million people in, in the area, and, and they're all – it's the biggest college town in America, mm -hmm. you know, and – they're passionate about their sports. They love all their sports. And so maybe for a lot of kids now that are looking for college programs, they're looking for maybe more college town where, where people really rally around the sports teams. Um, I, I certainly would if I were in their shoes. And, you know, that might lead to, to somebody who really wants to back you and get behind you. And, and now with kids being able to, you know, teach lessons with their name, image, and likeness, maybe you're developing relationships throughout college and able to get that, that possible person to go out and find you to go out and play in the tour. Yeah. You know, I certainly think it'll be possible. Absolutely. If I was a local coach, not that you need this advice from me, but I'm going to I'm going to my local club. I don't, it's probably not legal, but, like, the local club that's 15 minutes away, I'm having one member of my team go there every week because not only are they, you know, the program that they're helping out, that's going to get all of the kids there as well. I think my local sports club of West Bloomfield, which isn't too far from here, the University of Michigan team came to, one kid came to every group we played. Of course I would have gone every day. And so I agree. I think all of those opportunities are there easy. It's just a question of what is legal, what is not moving forward. Now, D Dave Portnoy is just going to sponsor a whole team. <laughs> so we're, you know, Barstool. I think the guys, that's what they all think it is right now. But I, I really think when they take a deep dive into it, there's some tremendous opportunities, especially mm -hmm. in our community, that are going to be really beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. And I think the athletes are still wondering, is it just like being a barstool athlete <laughs> is that, and getting some swag? Is that what it is? Well, absolutely not. I think building a business, actually creating an LLC, you know, how this all can work to make, make your brand really special, I think is cool. And, and I hope that we're going to be at the f forefront of it at Arizona. It seems like we are. Yeah. Can I call him Gustav Strom LLC? Is that that works? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a pretty good nickname for him moving forward. But that's one of the big buzz topics. The other base, big buzz topic I want to ask all these coaches because you are here recruiting class of 2022, 2023, 2024 players in high school. 
not only have you not had the opportunity to see them play in person in quite a bit of time, but it's worth noting those classes in college were all granted an extra year of eligibility yeah. in the fall of or during 2020 because of COVID. And you know, you just mentioned it. You guys bring back everyone, and you're mm-hmm. going to have the opportunity to do that for an additional year than you would have prior. I would say it's right now a 70-30 split. If coaches could go back and just say, we're apologizing, it really sucks, but we're just going to let everyone matriculate out as normal, that they would go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Where does Clancy Shields fall on the issue? Well, I always thought we should bring back the seniors. Yeah. That was like, it's their senior moment. Let's make it special for them. But I really never thought that we should get every, everyone a year back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, we're starting to see some of the unintended consequences. But for all these parents and kids out there that are trying to get recruited, it's like, wake up. Yeah. Like, you know, like you now have way more competition. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you ask some of us coaches, do you want a 22-year-old yeah. or do you want an 18-year-old? Well, most times it's going to be the 22-year-old. So the American kids have the opportunity to really do their due diligence in their junior year and secure themselves a spot and a scholarship and look at the Merit Aid. You know, type on Google, Merit Aid, Arizona, what does that look like? Merit Aid, Michigan, what does that look like? You know, and... And you'll find that you can put together a really nice scholarship package, but you have to do a little bit of work. It's not going to come to you. And I would just say my advice to a lot of these parents and kids is really do your homework early because once the international kids start really mm-hmm. dialing in that they want to go to college, which is normally in their senior year, then it just dilutes the field again. So if I'm smart, I'm really doing my, my work right now in my junior year, and I'm trying to identify the schools I like and, and see if there's a you know a good scholarship and a good spot to go to so that I'm not, like, stressing about it for the next two years. I mean, half of these kids here look like they're not even having fun. Yeah. They're so stressed out. They're like, oh, my gosh, a college kid's watching. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it left and right. Like, and I kind of just want to go and say, hey, dude, we're all just rooting for you. Yeah, like, exactly. It's our job to be here. But the reality is, is, and that's been another thing I've seen at Kalamazoo, I think a lot of these kids haven't played in front of a college coach in forever or two years. And so now that they're back out watching, it's a different type of uh, pressure a little bit. But... Yeah, wake up, everyone. It's it's gonna it's a new ball game, even for us. I mean, we're having those conversations with our kids. Who's coming back? Who's not? You know, do they want to come back? Do we want them to come back? Do we have the scholarships? And so it all has to kind of fit together. Um, so it's going to be a challenging thing for the next four years. And without giving away your entire playbook, if you don't mind me asking, youth movement versus finding transfers and winning in the moment, how do you balance those two things? Because each program is going to be different. Yeah, well... Preferably, I mean, I like the kids coming in as 18-year-old freshmen yeah. that they don't know any different. Yeah. And then they just buy into the program and that they really start to thrive in it. And um, we've seen success in that way. You can have success with transfers, but I guess I would prefer to start with the kid I recruited from age, you know, 16, 17, built that relationship with, and then they come on campus and have success. But um, the transfer kids that I've had, I haven't had success with that per se, and and it wasn't like it wasn't like there was anything wrong with them. I I think they just kind of, you know, were more focused on their academics than their tennis, and they just wanted a new environment, maybe a new new academic program. But I certainly am going to focus more on the on the on the younger kids, and but I'll never close the door on the transfer portal for sure. Absolutely. Well, then my last question for you, just a hypothetical, because you've referenced it here, and, you know, free advertising for them. I don't like to refer to the competition, but Barstool launching a bowl game in Arizona. It's going to be the Barstool Bowl game, whatever, whatever they're calling it. The Cracked Rackets Invitational. 
We'll get the top eight teams there, including Arizona, obviously. We'll do it every fall because I know the spring schedule is jammed up as is. We'll have our own event. We'll throw it out there. We'll get college tennis fans to come to Tucson each and every fall. Okay. Put it on the, put it on the table. We'll just do it. Let's, it just, let's just write it in the, let's just write it a contract right now. Yeah, We're ready exactly, to go. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and you have a little competition. Dave was in town. I think he gave all of our pizza joints a seven-plus rating. Okay. And so, uh, I'm much more easy to bribe. <laughs> yeah, eight, nine and a half is easy. But you know, could, uh, the reason I bring up could that exist in tennis? Could there be? Is there space in the calendar for more events like that? Because the idea of partnering up and doing individual things and just getting the top eight schools somewhere—I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Well, my my feeling on this is I want to experience something new. Yeah. You know, if you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and if I, you plan to do this for thirty some plus years, it just becomes very mundane and kind of like a boring a little bit. So I would love to have new events, new ideas, and give our players opportunities to play new, at new places and experience new things. So I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I think there's certainly tournaments that are really great, but I, I would love for something like that to exist and, and to change it up. And I think you're seeing that in the fall. A lot of teams are doing hidden duels yeah. um, rather than playing tournaments. And I think that's going to be a new trend moving forward is that instead of playing five matches in a weekend, you're going to start okay. seeing hidden duels happen. You're going to see kind of smaller pockets of teams coming together to to, to play against each other, and I think that's a really good good move for for our game. Why do we have to hide the duels? Can't we just call them duels, like fall duels? Yeah. I, I love that they're hidden. That's just one of my favorite things. I think you should just like some of these other you know softball. You should be able to play like play three events in the fa- sure. in the fall, and then get get part of your ranking off that, or um, do something where the kids you know I don't know. I mean, we're here to play college tennis, right? And um, as much as it probably hurts Arizona or, or myself in saying that like. We're here to play college tennis. It's not a pro pro tennis. I think you're going to see a big wave of probably administrators moving away from allowing colleges or players to go play pro events because they're not representing the university. And with the the financial hardships of COVID, I think that we're going to a lot of departments are going to start looking at all of that. And we got to be really smart about how we do it and and also allow our kids to develop, but that we are representing the school that's allowing us to do what we're doing. And I've been a big proponent of that from day one. And you know, maybe a lot of kids don't like that, but you're here to play college tennis. Go play college tennis, mm-hmm. you know, and there's plenty of talent. We've seen that already, that they can go out and get better. Absolutely. Well, then, with that in mind, I'm going to reserve the right to bring you back on the show to do a full breakdown because we got to talk about your history, your background, but I know you're here on-site watching players. I don't want to keep you for too long. My last question, you have a three-ish month window. I know you're on the road recruiting, but no direct matches, direct tennis to focus on. What's Clancy Shields doing in the off season? <laughs> Trying to be a good husband. <laughs> um, yeah, we spend so much time go- gone that, you know, you want to build relationships with family that you haven't really been able to nurture for those months. But then also, we were lucky enough to have some of our players stay back and, and train in, in Tucson. And it was, I think we were on the court maybe more in the, in the summer than we were, in the, you know, in the, in the spring and in the, in the fall. I mean, we were putting in good five, six-hour days and... and so that was a lot of fun, but it's it's always really nice to work with your players in the summer because it's more laid back. You're not they don't feel like you're judging them like a tournament's coming up and their lineups in the mix. And so, you know, I I just really walked away from the summer feeling like man, I got to know a lot of our players that I hadn't maybe known on that deeper level, and and I appreciate them so much more. I love them that much more, and and I'm really rooting for them. You know, as the fall comes into the swing. So yeah, three months. I don't I don't think we ever stop. You know, I mean. Whatever we're doing, we're always recruiting. We're always you know, doing something with our jobs. Sure. But at the same sense, we as coaches, if we don't take care of ourselves and recharge the batteries, we're not we're not good to anyone else too. So, um, 
you know, that would be my advice to give all the coaches. Let's get let's get in the let's get in the weight room ourselves. Let's let's eat healthier. Let's take some time for ourselves so we can help our kids. Oh, that's not that was my final thing is blueberries and cream here, which of course is staple of Kalamazoo. I, I haven't over, had it yet. <laughs> overrated. I I always just go. I'm like I don't eat blueberries. You can just give me ice cream. Like yeah. that's totally fine with me. But I was gonna say overrated, underrated. You've avoided it thus far. I've avoided. It. I've had it. Uh, and as you said, I, I mean, it's good and it's good and it's the experience of it all. But. It's like it like melts. You get it in like two minutes yeah, later. It's all melted. So it's like basically having a milkshake. So if you want to, they should call it a milkshake and, and blueberries, whatever. So if I'm gonna do it, put Oreos in there. Let's have ourselves a day. Can I get the caramel option, please? Like yeah. exactly whatever it may be. Well, again, coach, there's no denying your team, the way you guys fight. It was so noticeable all season long, and obviously it paid dividends as you made your first Sweet 16. And we know the best is yet to come. So, Coach Clancy Shields, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thanks, Thanks for tolerating my nonsense all year uh, long no, as no, well. That's the Tucson Bowl. Here we go. Yeah. We're bringing it. Up. Yeah, Let's go. of course. Take care, Coach. Thanks, buddy. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Arizona men's tennis head coach Clancy Shields. A huge thank you to him again for sitting down to chat with me. There's no doubt we will be talking about Arizona men's tennis throughout our coverage of the 2022 college tennis season. And of course, again, always appreciate the chance to get to chat with the coach of any program uh, throughout the college tennis universe. Be on the lookout for one more of these podcasts to drop. We have a conversation with Columbia men's tennis head coach Howie Endel that will come out later this week. Of course, I mentioned this at the top, but we're covering the U.S. Open on our other podcast, Mini Break, recapping the action day in, day out. Picks on for our GSP Aces of the Day on the Great Shot podcast feed. You can find all of that content on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in, day out. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, Arizona men's tennis head coach Clancy Shields, super producer Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.